Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Hope you're doing well. Coming to you from a very, very cold London right now. Crazy. I was in Hong Kong just last week and it was about 28 degrees. <laughs> but very humid as well. So it feels like a million degrees. So 28 degrees for those of you who operate in Fahrenheit is, so what do you do? The rule of thumb I learned is you double it and add 30. So from 28, um, we double it and we get 56. And then we, um, double, we add 30, 86. So 86 degree heat doesn't sound like that much, does it? But when, with the humidity of Hong Kong, wow. Anyway, it's always a bit of a funny one when you kind of go from from one place to the next and the temperature drops by like 70%. Like <laughs> Your body just doesn't know what to do, uh, how to respond. And so I'm kind of suffering the consequences right now. Anyway, it's nice to be back home, I have to say. London, I, for me, London is the best city in the world. I think it's amazing. Not so much in winter, although it's still cool, but especially in the spring and summer, which we are in store for now. It is the best place. If you've never been to London, you really must come and uh, send me an email. We can go for a, a coffee or a, or a G&T or something like that. Anyway, I'd like to uh, thank the sponsors of the show, the wonderful italki. I've met a number of my italki teachers and they've all been, well, actually not all of them, but all, almost all of them have been, <laughs> I won't talk about that, almost all of them have been wonderful, wonderful people. Um, you have to be a great person to spend your time helping others learning languages and that's what uh, teachers on italki do and if you'd like to get a lesson with a an informal tutor a professional teacher whatever you like at a time of your convenience then you can go to i will teach you a language.com forward slash free lesson all right then let's hear today's question from luke hey ollie it's luke here so um i wanted to ask how to learn new words on a niche topic in a language with limited resources um you usually want to hear about people talking about learning new words in a specific topical area you're supposed to read a lot or maybe find a podcast with transcripts and just go through that but because Cantonese has quite limited resources um, I can't really do that so I wanted your tips on how best you would go about that um, right now I've been writing out uh, by hand a diary entry or uh, in full and then getting it corrected on Lang 8 then taking the corrected uh, entry and just speaking about it with my teachers over Skype and taking all of the new words from that in the full sentence and putting it into my flashcards. Um, yeah, so that's it. I just wanted to get your tips for that. Cheers, Ollie. Bye. Hey, Luke. Good to hear from you. Thank you for the question. Uh, Luke and I are friends, actually, and um, it's kind of funny to be uh, reviewing my, my podcast questions and to <laughs> have questions from somebody that uh, that I know, but also very cool. And I think, you know, Luke, the fact that you actually go to the the extent of uh, of actually sending in this question rather than just asking me on Facebook or something is a it's a sign of how you approach language learning in, in general very diligently and um, and really looking and searching for the right way to go about things, um, which is a fantastic thing. So good on you. Okay, uh, so how do you learn niche vocabulary in a topic? I've I have changed my my approach on this recently or well, I don't know if I've changed but I've, I've been refining my approach on this recently because it's something that I've been doing myself so I'm going to tell you what I do 
Um, but first of all, just because the audio wasn't super clear, um, let me just summarize quickly what uh, the question and also what Luke's been doing. So his question is, uh, in Cantonese, which is the language that he's learning, how should you go about learning niche vocabulary? And by niche vocabulary, we, we mean stuff related to a specific topic. Okay, so if you're an engineer, then vocabulary to do with uh, with engineering and and your work, stuff that most people probably wouldn't know, um, or else it's quite specialised. Either way, so what Luke has been doing right now is he has been doing a daily diary entry, so writing something in Cantonese and then getting it corrected, and then from the correction. I imagine what would happen is that you would be told more appropriate vocabulary to use, which you would then consider to be um, the vocabulary that you need to learn in order to talk about the topic. At that point, then you're going off and you're having conversations on italki, I guess, with uh, with your tutors using that vocabulary and trying to recycle it. And I think that's great. What you're doing is you're you're, you're getting. You're getting vocabulary that you need in a targeted way and you are recycling it. Uh, it sounds like exactly the kind of thing that, um, that I've done before myself. Now, here's the thing about that, Luke. That approach is very much based on production. So what you're doing is you are writing stuff. You're trying to come out with stuff yourself. You're getting it corrected and then you are, based on the correction, you're doing lots of um, speaking them with that, which cements the stuff that you are learning and helps you to remember it. And that's great. However, I don't think it's the most efficient way of going about it. And the reason is that that by doing stuff that way, you're missing a huge part of the, of the a huge opportunity or a huge part of the learning process, um, which is actually a lot, a lot, a lot easier, which is the receptive part. Okay. Now you kind of touched on this earlier because you said there's not a lot of materials out there for Cantonese. And so I suspect that if there were more materials, you might be doing things a little bit differently. Uh, but let me describe what I've been doing recently with, with Japanese, because I think there's maybe a, a lesson in here somewhere. And um, I think you can apply this to Cantonese as well. So recently in, in Japanese, I've been doing a lot of reading and listening on the topic of the science of language learning or, or language acquisition, if you like. It's something I can talk about casually, but not partic- not, not not formally, not academically. Uh, but I would quite like to be able to do that. And so what I've been doing is I've been pulling articles from around the internet on, on, this, on, on, on that, on about language acquisition. And I've been, I asked my, um, my, my friends to uh, record uh, the audio for me. So just the other day I asked my friend Saudi to record um, a an article where she's just basically reading the article for me. So I have the text and I have the audio. And then what I do is I just go off and for days on end, I'll just listen to those articles. Um, I'll listen uh, and, and listen along to the audio and read along at the same time. And what happens is that um, I have to look up a lot of words because some of the words are quite difficult. Uh, things on like research papers and spaced repetition and brain plasticity and stuff like that. It's not easy. But from, from by spending hours and hours just listening to that stuff in my free time, what happens is I get so much of that stuff for free um, because it just goes in, right? Not all of it, but a lot of the stuff just goes in. And because I've spent that time listening to the articles on that topic, I just I not only learn vocabulary, but I also learn phrases um, that are associated with explaining this kind of stuff, terms of phrase, idioms, um, and just basically spend time listening to how a educated person converses on that topic. 
And so when I then sit down to actually specifically memorize some of that vocabulary, because there's some stuff that, like I said, that's quite hard and I have to commit some of it to memory more, more manually. I've already done so much of the work because that word I might be trying to learn. I've already heard it dozens of times already in context, in an entire sentence and a paragraph and in the context of the article. That I find to be incredibly efficient. Reception first, production later. So then when I come to actually sit down and talk about the topic, I really don't have to do that much preparation because it's, you know, with a few exceptions, it's all there in my head already. For me, this is the most effective way of doing stuff. And it's how all of the stuff that I'm producing, all of the materials and courses I'm making now are based on that. The the Spanish course, uh, my Spanish beginner program, which incidentally is being renamed to Spanish Uncovered. I hope you like the name. Um, it's all based around reading and listening. So as a learner, what you do is you take a short story and over the course of the of the entire program, you spend all this time listening to the story and reading the story. So you just build up this knowledge, this familiarity with the language, such that when you come to the lessons in the course, we're just kind of refining it and we're just adding, giving you a little push in the right direction. But you've already done most of the work by by doing the reading and listening. Luke, I know you you have uh, Cantonese conversations which are created. It's exactly the same principle there. You spend the time listening and reading to it, so you get, it all goes into your brain. It might not be totally crystallized yet, but the input is there. So then, if you choose to uh, memorize some of that vocabulary and then use it in in speaking on that topic, you can. It's much much easier to do that than. Uh, than I think what what you described. So what you described seems to sidestep all of the reception stuff. There's no listening and reading. You are going directly into writing diary entries yourself. And so really the the big opportunity there, because I think what you're doing is great, but the big opportunity that you're missing is what happens if before you go into the production, the, the, the speaking and the writing and all of that, what happens if you spend time listening and reading to the language? How much more, uh, could you consolidate what you learn? How much more easily could you memorize and remember stuff? How much more articulately could you speak on the topic if, you, if you've already spent hours listening to people talking on that topic, right? So that's the basic principle. But of course, what you said before was, well, you don't have access to that material in Cantonese. Maybe not, but you can create it. And this is what I do. All right, so if you are, let's say that you wanted to learn more niche vocabulary about engineering. So what would I do? I would immediately go and find articles in Chinese on the topic of engineering and then have them rewritten in Cantonese. So send it to my tutor and say, look, can you please rewrite this in Cantonese and do a voice recording of the article in Cantonese? Or I would go to a friend who's an engineer in Cantonese and say, look, could you just talk about this topic for a bit? Talk about what you do and record it. And then I would ask someone to transcribe it. So I'll produce this material. And okay, it's a bit of a pain because you've got to actually produce it. But once it's there, you're going to be super motivated to actually uh, study with it because you've created it yourself. You've had it done, right? And then once you've got the audio and the transcript, then you just spend your time listening and reading to that stuff. Maybe you produce four or five things and you just listen to them on rotation. So you're just getting all this input on exactly the topic you want to learn about. From that point, then if you start to do your diary entries, if you start to um, you know use flashcards, you start to speak with your tutor, everything's going to be so much more informed 
from your side because of the work you've already done and everything's going to be so much easier. You're going to learn everything much quicker. Okay, so that is what I would recommend as a an alternative to what you're currently doing. Um, I'm a, as you know, I'm a big fan of producing your own materials. I think it's a, a great thing to do. Um, it can the only the only downside is it, it costs you a little bit either in terms of uh, actual hard cash or else currency and goodwill with your friends. But I think it's I think it's really worthwhile. And Luke, I know you have a Cantonese blog as well, so maybe you could publish some of that material that you make on the blog as well to help others. Um, that sounds really cool. I think I'd use it myself. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Hope that was useful. If you'd like to ask me a question, just like Luke did, then please go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash ask. Now, at the end of every episode, I like to leave you with a resource of some kind on the topic of the show. And um, I think this is a good spot to talk about producing your own materials. Because really, you know, your 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 options expand exponentially when you actually do this yourself. So back in episode 236, I answered a question from Louise, which is all about creating your own study material. Um, the episode was titled, How Can I Create My Own Study Material? So you can see what I did there. I am extremely creative with my episode titles. And if you'd like to listen to that episode to get some ideas on how to make stuff for yourself to study with, you can go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash episode 236. Thanks for listening. See you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. You know, one of the questions I get asked most often about language learning is how to improve your memory. Because things get so much easier when you learn new words and you don't forget them later in conversation when you really need them. So what I decided to do was to put together a a short email course. It's a three-part email course over three days that teaches you my favorite techniques for memorizing vocabulary and actually putting that vocabulary into your long-term memory. It's a short course, three days, it's completely free, and if you'd like to sign up for it, please go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash free memory course.